Hello and welcome back to the Creative Code podcast. I am so excited to have you joining us. Today we are talking with writer and creative coach Talise Burton. Talise is teaching artists and creatives how to make their art and achieve their dreams. After her own journey with creative burnout, she is now helping other creatives to not fall into the same traps that she has. With some incredible coaching offerings, Talise helps creatives unlock their full potential and I'm so excited to have her as a guest to speak all about creative burnout, productivity, hustle culture and to share with us some amazing tips to help us support us on our creative journeys. creativity coach and a writer so I would love to start off with you telling us a little bit about your journey and what it was that made you decide to take this path to be a creativity coach and a writer yeah so um my story is it, it it's extensive I guess but I'll, I'll try to cut it down um I've, I've always wanted to be a writer um I've been obsessed with with storytelling um, from a very early age. So uh, I was an avid reader from like really young. And uh, I distinctly remember like in elementary school having that realization that um, people wrote the books that I love to read and that I could do that. You know, like I could write stories that people love to read um, as a job. And uh, elementary school me was like over the moon about that realization and I was hooked like ever since that was like my favorite thing so um throughout a lot of my schooling I I focused on writing um I started writing in a bunch of different like writing styles like doing poetry and songwriting short story writing all of that and it was around um junior year of high school that I got the first idea for um for a debut novel that I wanted to write, like the first idea for that fantasy novel. And I started writing the first draft and I got maybe like 20,000 words in, maybe a little bit more. And, um, and I hit senior year of high school and that's when you're supposed to start figuring everything out and getting your life together, whatever that means. And um, yeah, so I really started to face a lot of creative resistance. I really started to question Um, what I was doing, I really started to doubt myself and my art because of all the societal stigmas that I started to hear. Like, I wanted to go into creative writing for my degree at uni and um, all the all the societal stories were playing in my mind. You know, like, oh, it's crazy to, to go for it and do something in the creative field. You know, it's, it's a waste of time. It's pointless. It won't make you money. It's only for like the talented few. Um, all that stuff. So senior year, I decided to kind of fall into those stories a little bit. And I decided, all right, well, I still want to write. I still want to create, but maybe I should try something a little bit more practical. 
So I went into journalism. I started uh, my first job as a student journalist for a local newspaper. And I spent that year doing a lot of journalism work. And I really didn't like it as much as I liked the fantasy writing. I was very aware that I loved writing my novel a lot more. So at the end of the year, I decided to say, screw it, you know, screw society and the stigmas. I'm going to be a rebel. I'm going to be the creative rebel. I'll be the few. I'm fine with it. And I went to uni to study creative writing. Um, And I went into uni very excited. I I was like, I'm going to show everybody. I'm going to like show everybody that I was right. I'm going to uh, write my novel and I'm going to publish it. I have four years. I can totally do it within that time. And then I spent the next 3.5, almost four years without touching my novel once, without writing anything. And I went through a long bout of creative block, um, creative burnout. Um, I was dealing with a lot of perfectionism and comparison. A lot of issues with my art and creativity um, came up in uni. Um, I graduated having published a comic nationally with an online magazine and having um, won an award for a piece of writing I did for school. But a lot of that writing, all of the writing that I did was for assignments and for classes and it wasn't for myself. So. I ended up that final year of uni um, in therapy. I was depressed. I was creatively burnt out, mentally burnt out, and I was very lost. I didn't have the novel that I'd planned to have, um, and I had no idea what I was going to do with my creative future. I had no idea where I was going. Um, So I left uni, graduated, came back home. Um, I was in debt. And I had literally no idea what to do, right? Um, So I started applying to unfulfilling jobs. Um, I started applying to all these jobs that I knew weren't going to satisfy me. Um, Jobs in like marketing and journalism. No offense to anyone who does that, but it just wasn't for me. And um, yeah, and it hit this point to where I realized that I I couldn't move forward with an unsatisfying job. I just, I I didn't have it in me. I rebelled back then. I spent tons of money on this degree. There was no way I was going back now. So I decided to do the crazy thing. I have a minor in entrepreneurship. So I'd been studying it at uni as well. And I decided I'm going to become an entrepreneur. I'm going to do a business. I have no idea what it's going to be, but I'm going to figure it out. And I started researching creative recovery as well. So I started looking into creativity and art and learning all I could about it, reading all these amazing books. And I went on this creative journey um, throughout that, that whole year of 2019, I believe it was. And in November of that year, I finally went back to my novel. I decided to participate in NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. And you write, um, the goal is to write 50,000 words in the month, um, which is pretty insane. And I wasn't holding myself to that goal. I just, I just felt ready to get back into writing again, which was crazy because I'd spent the last four years uninspired and unmotivated. But throughout the creative recovery, I'd gotten my inspiration back. I'd gotten my motivation back. 
and I, I felt ready to get back into the novel. So I wrote the no I wrote 20,000 words of a new draft. And I, I sat back at the end of 2019 and I was like, wait a second, how is it that in one year I managed to go from where I was burnt out, uninspired, unmotivated, blocked, right? Blocked like I'd never been blocked before to inspired, motivated, um, full of ideas and back to writing the novel that I hadn't written in years, you know? And how in the world is it that my four-year degree wasn't able to give that to me? Worse off, it actually made me more blocked. So I started writing down all the stuff that I was learning, all the stuff that was helping me. And I realized that my journey of creative recovery, all the techniques and tools that I learned, that's what, that's what I needed in my degree. That's what, that's what a lot of the creatives who I was studying with alongside in college and who um, were on similar burnout paths as me, that's what we needed at the time. And so start of 2020, I began working with my first clients for free. I just wanted to work with them and see if it was even viable. And we were having amazing transformations, just through the roof transformations. People have gone through years of not touching their art, through years of creative abuse and criticism and rejection. They were coming back inspired in ways they haven't been in years. They were coming back motivated. They were creating first drafts of their work. You know, it was, it was phenomenal. So I decided, all right, I think I have something here. And... That's how, that's how I got into creativity coaching. That is such an incredible and such a relatable journey. I know you and I connected pretty quickly over Instagram. We realized that we had very similar experiences with creative burnout. At the end of my degree, at the end of 2018, I was so exhausted, so unwell. I was the least creative I'd felt my entire life and moved home and I persisted, but 2019 was a very slow year, all about healing and just coming back to my creativity, which had been completely like it just fizzled out by the end of my degree. Yeah. And it's, it's quite wild to know how many creatives have such similar experiences. Have you seen a common thread throughout your clients of experiences that everybody seems to have had or that a lot of creatives seem to have had? Um, I would definitely say that school has a big role to play for me. I think that school has a big role to play because it's in school that, especially when you um, start getting into your art classes, your English classes, you know, the classes you would consider creative, that a lot of these blocks actually start to come up. Um, because in those classes, you're being graded for your work, you know, so it starts to create this idea that there is a perfect way to create, which can lead to a lot of perfectionism. And then you're also studying all these great works, you know, you're learning all these techniques and and tools and you're starting to really judge and analyze and criticize um, and that starts to infiltrate your own art and suddenly you're like oh this isn't good enough and that isn't good enough because you're comparing to like these quote-unquote like the greats um, so I think a lot of it starts to stem from school actually because they're teaching you how to critique 
and analyze and not necessarily how to be compassionate to yourself and encouraging to yourself as you create and allow you to express yourself however you want to. Um, yeah. Yes, I can definitely relate to that. And I think too, with that, it, it encourages us, it encourages us to critique ourselves far more harshly than we would if we weren't in that environment as well. I know the longer that I'm away from that environment, the more gentle I am with myself. And I'm like, oh, I made something bad. That's okay. Learn from it. Move on. Keep creating. Keep exactly. making. Whereas when you're standing in a room of 30 classmates and you and your like teacher are critiquing your work, it can be quite brutal and almost embarrassing because you're surrounded by your peers and then you go, okay, I just kind of want to go home and hide now. I don't want to make anything for a couple of days or a week or whatever. Like that oh, was yeah. enough. That was brutal. I'm done now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like creative burnout, it seems to be quite an over overlooked issue unless you've really had an experience with it that's hit home um, or you've known somebody that's had really wild creative burnout experiences. It can be a pretty overlooked issue why do you think that that's the case yeah so it, it is a very overlooked issue and i i do think that it's kind of twofold um on the one hand of course like i think creativity and art in general is overlooked by a society you know like there's a lot of stigma around creativity and art being something silly um something kind of trivial and so the idea for a lot of people of creativity and art being something you can burn out from, you know, is, is, oh, it's like ridiculous because how can you, how can you burn out over something like that's like, oh, easy or simple, or it's just supposed to be enjoyable. You can't burn out from something you enjoy. Like that makes no sense. Um, but also I will say the other side of the coin is that, um, yeah, creativity Creative burnout is definitely overlooked because of hustle culture. It has a lot to play with hustle culture. Um, you know, we really in this society, we covet hustle, hustle culture at like the expense of our own self-care, you know, at the expense of our own health. And um, it's when you're in this space of, oh, I've got to do more. I've got to, I've got to do the most. I've got to, be as productive as possible. And when you're doing that devoid of self-care, of rest, of taking breaks, of, of time for play and relaxation, um, that's when the burnout happens, you know? But, but it's okay to burn out that way. You know, a lot of people feel that it's okay to burn out that way because you hustled, because you did the hard work. Um, a lot, one of the things this reminds me of is in school, um, especially where, you know, it's like you're, you're rewarded for getting A's, you know, you're rewarded for doing really well in school, you're rewarded for overachieving, for doing the volunteer work, the extracurriculars, you know, um, and getting the A's, even if it's at the expense of your health. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm sleep deprived, I'm depressed, I'm all this stuff. And they say it as a joke, you know, because it's like, well, at least I'm getting the A's and the B's I need, at least I'm doing this stuff that'll help me get into uni. And people covet that, you know, they're like, you're doing the work, you're doing a good job. And like, they reward you for that. You know, you get valedictorian, you get accolades, you get into university, like, that's rewarded for you. Um, 
for you burning yourself out in that way. And I feel like that's why it's so overlooked is because people covet that. And so it can be really difficult to break yourself out of that story that um, what you need to do is to is to step back. Um, you know, you you covet this this story of oh I need to I need to do all this work I need to do more I need to be as productive as possible, and it's really hard for you to accept and embrace that what you really need is is breaks and self-care and time for yourself, you know? So I definitely feel like that's why the burnout is overlooked. Absolutely. And so what would you say are the number one, two things that people can do to avoid the creative burnout aside from upping their self-care and maybe not buying into the hustle culture as much? What can you what can you recommend for creatives that are like oh shit I think I'm on the on the road here to a severe burnout? Yeah, uh, for me, like I'd say beyond the self care, beyond working on your own mindset when it comes to hustle culture, um, one of the one of the things that I do, one of the things that I teach my clients is about making sustainable creative habits. So, a lot of times when you're wanting to be creative or you're wanting to work on creative projects, you, you decide to hold yourself to um, expectations you cannot meet. You're making habits that do not fit your schedule. You know, you're like, oh, I will work four hours like a day on my, on my art and creativity. I'll work two hours a day on my creativity and art. And sometimes that is not the case for you when you have school or work or kids, or et cetera, you know? So the one thing that I really recommend people doing to avoid that burnout is to make a habit that is actually sustainable for your lifestyle. You know, a lot of people feel like, well, I'm not being creative or it's a waste of time for me to only work 20 minutes, three times a week on my art. That's the only sustainable way for you to get your art done. So why not do that? Otherwise the art will never get done. Otherwise you'll never get to connect with your creativity. Um, so yeah, sustainable creative habits. That's the number one advice that I have for anyone who's looking to, to avoid that burnout, make a schedule that actually works for your life instead of one that's built on other people and what they do and expectations you can't keep. I love that so much. And I think too, the permission to have that change as well as your life changes and things grow and develop and circumstances change as well. Um, I have so many points found myself going, okay, I'm going to have to change it here because it's just not viable anymore. And the gentleness and permission with yourself to do that needed that's so needed that's so important especially I feel like a lot of people are realizing that this year of course um things change a lot things can really change in your life you know and there are different seasons that happen in your life sometimes you're more productive sometimes you have more time sometimes you need more time for rest you know and and it, it's, it's having that flexibility and that self-awareness to, to know, to acknowledge that, and then to embrace it and make habits that, that work for you in, in different seasons of your life. That's, that's so important. So important. 
And so what about productivity for creatives and hustle culture? Is this huge driving force behind creative burnout? And I would love to hear your thoughts on how healthy productivity can help this. What does it look like? And why is this the approach that can give creatives true productivity that will aid them, not hinder them? Yeah, so healthy productivity is a, is a huge pillar of, of my coaching. It's a huge pillar of my own creative practice. Um, because that's the that's the way that you create the art and you enjoy creating the art, you know. So I like to look at healthy productivity as having three main pillars, creative self-care, creative mindset, and creative play. So as we mentioned, you want to have the self-care. You want to have that rest, the time to take breaks and relaxation so that when you do come back to um, to be productive, to make your art, you're doing it as your most productive self. You know, you're doing it refreshed, you're doing it revitalized. The self-care is definitely a big part of what helps you to, to be healthily productive. Um, the second is mindset. Mindset is really important to look at because when you're sitting down and you're ready to be productive and you're ready to create um, and you're dealing with some big block or some big resistance, um, it makes it difficult for you to be productive and to create your art. So making sure that you really work on your mindset, you work on the limiting beliefs that you have around creativity and art, that, that helps you to be more productive when you sit down into your sessions because you know, um, you know what you tell yourself, what's true, um, what's false, you know, what you need to say to be more encouraging and nourishing and helpful and supportive. Um, and that's what helps you to have that healthy productivity. Instead of that productivity that's like, oh, we've got to just be more critical. We've got to judge ourselves. We've got to go, go, go. Like, why isn't this working? Why do I suck at this? Why am I not doing well enough with this? Why haven't I created more? Um, it's having that, that mindset of nourishing and supporting yourself instead. And then the third pillar for healthy productivity that I often teach about is creative play. So that's allowing you to have time for fun, have time for experimenting and mess. Um, because that is extremely important when it comes to your mental health, but also how productive you are with your creativity. You know, if you're stuck fixating on creative projects that you have all the time, then you're not allowing yourself time to experiment in other forms. You're not allowing your mind to take a rest, your inspiration to take a rest. You know, you need to step back and allow yourself to just have fun doing something else. Um, because that's really what helps you to come back refreshed as well um, and able to, to be your most productive self in a healthy way um, with your art and your creativity. So it's those three main pillars, self-care, mindset, and play, for sure, that make, make your productive routines healthy. All three of those are so important. I'm sitting here just nodding along going, yes, like, <laughs> this is so needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You did touch there for a moment, though, on creative blocks, which has got me thinking, do you have any hacks that you use to help get yourself out of creative blocks? Okay, so I think the main thing that I use to, to help me get through creative blocks is working through my mindset. That's the number one. I, I'm a big journaler, so not everybody is, but working through what 
um, underlying doubt or fear, what limiting belief is currently blocking me from working on my art and creativity, because that's what a block really is at the end of the day. It's something that you've internalized that is causing you resistance, a thought that you have that's making you doubt in yourself and your art or creativity, or that's making you fear something about it. And so really sitting down and writing out what is it that is making me feel resistance right now and really working through that and being and pinpointing that and then nourishing yourself, like encouraging and supporting yourself through that. That's how you work through the blocks. I love journaling and I'm sitting here again, just nodding, going, yep, yep. Because I think that there's, there's a unique way that journaling can bring about perspective when you're feeling a little bit in a funk, uh, the way that you can untangle complete messes in your mind on paper. There's something really beautiful and unique about that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I'm huge into writing. So um, yeah, journaling is definitely a thing for me, but I, I find that it helps regardless of whether you like writing or not, it, it helps to bring about a self-awareness that you might not have had otherwise. You know, it helps you to reflect and to, to really look at yourself. And so a lot of people can feel resistance to journaling because it can be really uncomfortable. It feels like you're bringing up a bunch of issues with no, with no point, you know, um, or sometimes it feels like you're just writing a bunch of nonsense on the page, but it's really helpful um, for you to, to let your mind flow and to really um, let, let your thoughts out. And then you can look back at it and be like, oh, why is it that I said this? Or why is this going on? Why is this coming up um, repeatedly? You know, that's how, that's how you're able to gain the self-awareness that you might not have, you, you might not have noticed otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like this is a good touching point too to lead into what I'd love to talk about next. And that's on Instagram recently, you were discussing the power of affirmations. And many of us are probably familiar with positive affirmations and integrating those into things like the manifestation processes that we might use and all that kind of stuff. But what is unique about creative affirmations and why do you think they can be so powerful? Yeah, so affirmations, they can definitely be a, um, a meh thing for some people, you know. Um, I know a lot of people who tried affirmations and mantras and they've been like, yeah, like, yeah, I picked a few from Pinterest or I wrote a few down and I tried to work on it for a few weeks or a few days, but I'm not really feeling any impact. And I personally view creative affirmations and I teach um, this creative affirmation um, approach to my clients um, because creative affirmations are so powerful. It's very powerful mindset work is really what it is. Um, and what creative affirmations allow you to do, especially in the way that I approach creative affirmations, is that it allows you to, to first like acknowledge those limiting beliefs that we are talking about. It lets you write out, okay, this is what I'm fearing. This is what I'm doubting right now. This is the thought. These are the thoughts I'm telling myself, right? So you write those out and then you get to ask yourself the question, okay, so this is the negative thing that I've been holding on to. This is my resistance. How can I rewrite this in a way that's encouraging and supportive and helpful and kind to myself? 
I'm sure you guys are seeing the trend by now. <laughs> I'm all about encouragement and support here. But that is the whole point. You rewrite those negative beliefs you have into positive affirmations for yourself, positive creative affirmations. And that's what's supposed to help motivate and inspire you and encourage you to keep, to keep going when things feel tough. And I always recommend um, when using creative affirmations to one, use them when you're actually dealing with the problem at hand. So a lot of time people create affirmations and they kind of just say them in the morning, you know, like in front of the mirror, <laughs> or they just see them around their house in the middle of the day randomly. But I really recommend people sitting down and whenever they're dealing with that specific issue that they wrote their affirmation about, um, looking at that affirmation because it allows you to stop the negative thought that you've been having on repeat. It allows you to stop that limiting belief that's been coming up for you repeatedly. And it allows you to begin to rewire your mindset. Um, you, you feel that negative thought, you hear that negative thought, and then you immediately go to the affirmation to help you replace it with the new thought, the better thought, the supportive thought, you know? And over time, that's what helps you to change your mindset. It's extremely powerful work if you do it over and over again whenever the issues come up. Um, and it works over time to, to give you that impact that you're looking for. And I also highly recommend people using affirmations based off of their learning style. That is a big, big one for me because a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just say it in the morning in front of the mirror or, oh, I'll just put it around my house and see it randomly throughout the day. If you're a visual learner and you're saying your affirmations out loud in the morning, that's not actually helpful to you. But if you're a visual learner and you have your affirmations around for you to see throughout the day, that's what helps you to ingrain the affirmation in your mind because that's how you learn. So I definitely recommend using your affirmations based off of your learning style because that's what will help to make the affirmations more impactful for you if they haven't been impactful for you already. Yeah, I think learning style is something that is maybe a little bit underrated by a lot of folks. Being able oh, yeah. to look at your unique ways of learning and integrate that into everything is going to really up level so much, so much. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's what makes it such powerful mindset work, you know, is, is it's allowing you to, to relearn some of the things that you might've lost and to rewrite the beliefs that you have that aren't helpful for, for you. Um, yeah, that's why I love creative affirmations. I think they're so helpful. I use them all the time. Yeah, I've, I've dabbled, but I'm thinking after this, I'm going to have to really kick it up a notch and see how it goes. Yeah, because I think definitely that they, try. yeah, definitely. And so another thing that you've spoken about a fair bit, um, on Instagram and whatnot is investing in your art and creativity. And this can be a big one for a lot of folk. And so why do you think it is so important to be investing in your art and your creativity and your own experiences with making those investments? Yeah. So this one is so important to me, not just because I'm a creativity coach, 
Um, but just, just in general for me in my life, because I've invested many times <laughs> in my art and creativity. Um, art and creativity are, are essential to our lives. And I feel like that is so underrated. Um, and that's something that a lot of people trivialize and they roll their eyes and they're like, oh yeah, okay. It's essential to our lives, sure. <laughs> but it really is. Because when you think about it, the most important thing, at least that I feel in life, is to live it, to enjoy it. You know, this is, this is your one life. This is your one opportunity here on this earth to do what you want to do. And we aren't here to live our one life working unfulfilling jobs, living unsatisfying lives, ignoring our passions and like never following our dreams. We're not here for that. We're not here to stay small or to dim down or to settle. We are here to live, you know, we're here to do what we love, to follow our passions, to go after our dreams, to have fun. This is what living is. And I feel like so many people say that investing money, investing time, investing energy into art is, is pointless or that it's a waste of time. It's impractical or it's not something that's like sustainable for you long-term, you know? But I really believe that doing anything other than what you love, you know, anything other than, than living your life, that's, that's what's unsustainable. That's what's a waste of your one precious life and your time. That's what's pointless and impractical. You know, you, you deserve to live this life. You're living this life. So why not do what you enjoy? That's why I think art and creativity is so essential. And that's why I think people should invest time into their art and creativity, invest money, invest their energy, because this is what we enjoy. We're living right now. You know, why not do that? Why not? Are we going to wait till the end and just be like, oh, man, I wish I would have spent a little bit more time having fun or doing what I enjoy. No, we're here to enjoy. We're here to live. Um, I feel like that can get lost sometimes in the sauce. So, yeah, that's why it's so important. It's essential. It's essential. I, I could not agree more. And even for those who aren't creative too, I've had a few friends that are very, what they like to describe as non-artsy. And... Uh. And I've, I've said to them a few times, I've gone, but what do you do on your days off from work when you're not sitting there in your office and you're not going to work? What have you got on the walls of your apartment? What do you do for fun on your Sundays? And so exactly. often they'll go and they'll appreciate art. They have paintings on their walls and they go to art galleries on their Sundays and they eat at beautiful restaurants. And like even chefs have the most incredible creativity to come up with the dishes that they serve and yes. often serve it up on some of the most exquisite handmade pieces of pottery and ceramic. And even, yeah, even for those who would never describe themselves as creative, even they're so often investing in art and creativity. And for somebody who would describe themselves as creative to then go, oh, I'm not going to not going to invest there because of X, Y, Z. Um, it, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. And I yeah. think that it is, it's so important because it's that stuff, like you said, that makes life so beautiful and enjoyable. And it's the stuff that really makes, makes it at times. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, I've heard that plenty of times before, like, I'm just a consumer, you know, like, I'm not like a creative, like, I'm not creating anything, you know, I'm just, I'm just consuming the art. I don't, I watch the shows, but I'm not making anything. And 
it's people who've resigned themselves to to this idea that they're not that they're not creative that they don't make and I personally believe that we're all creative people. We're all creative because we were born with that. We were born with that ability to, to create. Like when you think back to you as a child, there's definitely been times when you've made your macaroni art. There's definitely been times where like you made your mud pies or like your little princess potions or whatever. You've made the finger paintings. Everybody has created before and has enjoyed it before, you know? And a lot of people stop because they feel like it's not good enough because they feel like, oh, um, I'm older now, and the only way that I can create art is if I'm making money off of it, or if I get some type of acclaim off of it, like, otherwise it's a waste of time. And I'm not good at art, so I should only consume it, I shouldn't create it. And the thing is, it's not about being the best at something, because first of all, that is so subjective. What one person thinks is the best, the other person does not. A lot of people love Picasso. Other people think a five-year-old could have done that, you know? But also, it's acknowledging that you've always been creative, and it's okay to just create for yourself, to just create, to enjoy the act of creating. It doesn't need to be something that, that's groundbreaking or that other people, like, love. If you enjoy it, it's, it's definitely enough. You know, it's definitely good enough. You love it. That's totally fine. That's what creating art is, you know? So I, it breaks my heart when I hear people say that they're not creative because I'm like, oh, yes, you are. You probably love it too, but we've, we've destroyed you. <laughs> we've destroyed you, you know? And, and it's just allowing them to reconnect with that creativity. That's so important. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I have two final somewhat rapid fire questions for you to finish off today. And yes, the first one is <laughs> what kind of impact do you want to have with your coaching and your programs? Oh my gosh. Okay. Rapid fire, but deep. All right. We'll go for it. Um, oh gosh. The impact that I want to leave for sure. I, I want to help people to to create their art and to enjoy creating it again that's my biggest thing you know whether that's um helping them to have more confidence in creating their art whether that's helping them to to get more consistent with it i i'm all about helping people to create the lives that they want creatively to help them get back to creating their art um, and to really enjoy it and have fun with it again that's the impact i'd love to have that's so beautiful. I love how quickly you can distill such beautiful visions into such eloquent sentences. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. If it was sometimes, me, I would still be talking. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I am just rambling on about things and I'm getting nowhere. So that's actually really nice of you to say. I, sometimes I just feel like I'm, I'm saying nothing. Um, was yeah. that the inspiration behind your Instagram handle? Yes. Yes. Did you, did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a writer and I ramble quite a bit. That's, that's for sure. That's for sure. That's why my posts are so long. Uh, I love your posts. I look forward to them. I Thank sit there you. and I read and I go, yes, yes. And so last today is what can we do to nurture our creativity? Yes. Okay. So is it all right if I leave you guys with an, an exercise? Is that... Yeah, of course. Go yeah. for it. 
Okay. So this is an exercise that really I recommend to like every single one of my clients um, to help nurture your, your creativity. Um, it's called the artist date exercise. I did not make this exercise up. I found it um, while I was reading The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron when I was on my own creative recovery journey. Um, but the artist date exercise is allowing yourself 30 minutes, um, at least 30 minutes once a week to do something that you enjoy doing. I always recommend you like writing out a list of 20 things that you enjoy doing in advance. So you could do that like today, write down 20 things that you enjoy doing. You might not think you have 20 things you enjoy doing, but I swear to you that you do. You got to trust me and try it. And um, it doesn't have to be creation based. It can be anything that you enjoy doing and then pick one of those things and do it for an artist date at least 30 minutes a week. You can do it for longer if you really get into it but at least 30 minutes. And that helps to bring back your inspiration and reconnect with your creativity like no other. It's like the number one impactful exercise that I give out. I love it. I am so going to add that into the things that I do each week. That sounds awesome. Yes. Try it. Try it. I swear. You, you'll swear by it. You'll swear by it. Yeah. And I've been meaning to read that book too. You're mentioning this book and I'm going, yes, it's been in my list for so long and I just haven't gotten there. Is it the number one book that you would recommend or do you have others yes. as well? I, I would highly recommend The Artist's Way. The Artist's Way is the book that really helped me to recover the most. And it's the one that I go back to again and again. It's, yeah, it's, it's gold. It's gold. And it's crazy because it's an older book. So I thought it'd be like outdated or I don't know, but it's so good. So good. I'll be sure to link it into the show notes. Yeah. Before we finish off today, is there anything else that you would like to mention where we can find you on social media? Oh yeah. So um, yeah, as I mentioned before, I'm at writer rambles. That's where you can find me. That's where all of my stuff is. I have tons of free content on there, freebies on there for you. So if you can't currently like invest in any sort of coaching, you can definitely get free coaching on there. And I'd love to chat with you. So you can definitely just send me a DM and be like, Hey, I heard you on this podcast. I would love to hear that. That would be great. We could strike up a whole conversation on art and creativity. So, um, yeah, check me out at writer rambles and, Oh, I just love to hear from you guys. Love it. I will be sure to link everything in the show notes. And thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so wonderful to chat all about creative burnout and productivity and so much stuff that you and I both have experience with and that many of our fellow creatives have experiences with. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I, I, this is my first podcast and like I'm, I'm through the roof right now. It's just so great. I love chatting with you. I love chatting with you and that's so exciting. Oh that's yeah. So yeah. I've been, I've been like nervous energy all day, but I've, I'm really excited now. It's it, the, the nervous energy is worn off. I'm, I'm buzzing now. <laughs> that's good. I'm glad. How amazing is Talise? Be sure to go and check out her stuff on Instagram. She shares some incredible tips and of course her coaching for creatives is awesome. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode and devoting your time. I appreciate it like you wouldn't believe 
If you loved this episode, and I really hope you did, don't forget to hit subscribe in iTunes. And if you feel called, please leave a review or share this on your social feed of choice. My favorite, of course, is Instagram, and you can find me there as at the creative code pod or as at yen ceramics. And for all the resources mentioned in this episode, creativity love notes, updates on what I have on offer, you can head over to www.yenceramics.com.au. I hope that you have a beautiful day or evening wherever you are in the world. Until next time, ciao. Thank you.